0: Welcome to the Free From Binge Eating podcast with me, Breed, your host. Binge eating sucks. Trust me, I know. I was stuck in that spiral of binge, restrict, diet, yo yoing weight loss, feeling guilty and ashamed, and hating my body for 10 years now that i'm out i'm turning my pain into purpose by helping you stop binging start loving your body self and life again it's time to live free from binge eating are you ready let's go hey everyone welcome back to another episode it's the first of 2023 sorry about there being a little bit of a month-long gap but i was on holiday and i was trying to be in the moment so here we are anyway back with another episode I think before we go into the the topic of the day, just want to give a little bit of an update over how the last, let's say, like three or four weeks were for me in terms of food and body, just to uh, give you some insight into where I'm at, uh, probably like a few months or years ahead of you where you might be like in your food and body journey. I just think it's always helpful to hear from someone like me who's like um, further into it, because I think you often hear, a lot of people's stories who are in it or just out of it but I think it's yeah as I said helpful to hear different perspectives so my update over the Christmas break I went to London I went to Rome and uh so in London you guys know that one of my biggest binge foods was Domino's pizza I'm sure you've seen all my social media a million times and uh ever since I stopped binge eating like about gosh um four and a half I don't know, I feel like it's almost coming up to five years. Ever since I stopped binge eating, I still have been eating Domino's and I really like made a very conscious effort over the years to make it feel more and more of a normal food, less of a like, oh my God, I'm still so excited to eat Domino's. Obviously, I find it delicious and I don't want to be not excited to eat it, but over time, I just wanted to feel more and more relaxed around it, You know, not always having to eat the whole pizza every time, even if I was already full, So, um, yeah, that has been a change over time to where, you know, now instead of always feeling like I just, I had to order a large pizza, I had to eat the whole thing, now it's like I can order a medium pizza and I might eat like five slices, I might have some leftovers happen the next day, or maybe I don't and I throw away the rest. But I have to say, something changed this time because the last time I went over Christmas, I actually... Didn't even think about ordering Domino's until I was like seven days into my trip. Usually it would be one of the first things I would get when I came back to London. Um, I haven't had it in Barcelona just because they don't let you do double tomato sauce on the base. And I just have to have double tomato sauce. So I literally haven't had it in Barcelona, which I guess is another big thing, right? I think old me would have still been having it. But anyway I didn't even think about ordering it until seven days into London and I was like to my mom and sis hey guys do you want to get Domino's for dinner and they're like nah um the recipes change like I don't know about you guys and wherever you are if you have Domino's pizza but the branch that I use in London they changed their base recipe it must have been like six months ago and so last time I had it I actually really, I didn't love it. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I had five slices. I threw away the rest the next day. And so this time I was like, yeah, I'll probably like it. Like, let me just give it another go. And they're like, nah, we don't really want it. Like we've tried it many times now and it just sucks. And so I was like, okay, fine, whatever, I won't get it. And I was, I didn't feel this like feeling inside, like, oh my God, I need to have it. So that was uh, interesting that I didn't have Domino's pizza. And uh, I think other notable things about that break in London, Christmas, obviously, that's a big one for people, like how they handle all of the holiday food, all of the eating out, all of the decadent meals, Christmas meals. So for me, um, this year, as has been the last few years, it's such an untriggering, unbothersome time for me. It's literally just like, any other time of the year food wise. Yeah, I might be eating out a little bit more, uh, or maybe drinking a bit more. But I just act the same the whole way through just like, mainly listening to hunger and fullness cues, you know, focusing on getting three meals a day, moving my body, ensuring that I'm still getting a range of nutrients. Like, I stopped years ago seeing it as this thing where it's like, Oh my god, I'm gonna be eating all of of this chocolate, all of this like this huge Christmas dinner and all these leftovers, like I stopped looking at it it that way and just I treat it like any normal day. So that's how it was for me. Nothing crazy, nothing um, that made me feel like, oh my god, I need to start a diet or lose weight in the new year. It's just like any other day, so stable, which feels great. Fast forward to Rome. I went to Rome for a week and um, yeah, it was great ate out a lot, like most days, pasta, pizzas, um, lots of bread. And so past me would have been freaked out. Like, I I wouldn't have been able to cope with this amount of eating out this amount of pasta, this amount of pizza. Um, I definitely wouldn't have been ordering the things I wanted, or if I did, I would have been um, feeling this tension within like, I want to eat it, but I can't because I need to like rein back and I need to control myself. So night and day like just truly enjoying the food that was on offer in Rome while at the same time still having the back of my mind the reality of like seven days of eating pretty much just like pasta and pizza with some like tomato sauce and maybe like some pancetta in it is obviously limited in terms of nutrients and just diversity and so in the back of my mind I was like okay we're gonna do this for a week Obviously, where I can, like breakfast, whatever lunches that we're cooking at home, I'm going to try to add more veggies and some different types of food to help my digestion mainly because pasta and pizza, I don't know about you guys, but not good for me in terms of going to the toilet. Um, So yeah, I just had in the back of my mind, especially once I get back to Barcelona, just going to get back to eating a little bit more normal, like more range. And actually, I purposely told Luke, I was like, you know, I'm sick of pasta because I pretty much had it every day for a week. So for the last week since I've been back haven't had pasta probably I'll start craving it by next week or something but that's just to kind of show you how at least for me it goes when I go to a place like Italy where you want to eat all the delicious food um yeah it doesn't have to be stressful um doesn't have to mean that you're going to be compensating when you get back in like unhealthy ways but also for me there's like the reality of yeah but i also want to take care of my health and i'm going to do it in these ways without any sense of panic or urgency any sort of negative feelings it's just like this is the fact i ate pasta for a whole week so this is what i'm going to do after to just help my body sort of rejuvenate a little bit uh one last update if you listen to the last podcast episode i talked extensively about something i did in 2022 which was for a month in like November, December, I did not have any processed desserts. And uh, I stopped that in December 16th, like as planned. I just wanted to do it for 30 days, see if I could do it, see if I was like in the driver's seat and not these sugar cravings. And it went really successfully. And so I just wanted to give an update post that month. So I went back in mid-December to eating just normally, it's like allowing all these like sugary desserts again, which went fine. I didn't have this, you know, um, rebound of like, oh my God, I want to eat everything. And I'm, you know, like I, don't, I wasn't binging on any of these desserts. I wasn't eating more than I had been before I did this 30 days of no desserts. So that was cool to see that again, like it's not these sugar cravings taking over me. I'm in the driver's seat, which for me is like a big part of food freedom. I just want to feel like, I'm getting to make the decisions and it's not these like random thoughts of like, "Ooh, I want that cupcake. Of course, allowing the cupcake sometimes, but for me personally, I don't want to be, you know, like um, at mercy of every single whim that like flicks through my head of like, oh, I want that, oh, I want that. So that was cool to see. And I think just going forward, it's gonna be, I think just a trial and error of just trying to find, like, what works for me, because I feel like I haven't quite got there yet when it comes to processed desserts. Like, I haven't quite found what really works for me. I find that when, because, like, it felt really good in the 30 days of no desserts, I definitely saw some positive side effects, um, and I just know, like, it was better for my health as well, but... I also know that I don't wanna spend my entire life not having a sugary dessert. Of course it would be possible, but it's definitely some of the foods that I find like, delicious, as I'm sure most people do. But also I think even just like, in terms of social things like, you know, your wedding day or someone's birthday, or when someone gifts you, I don't know, uh, some chocolate or something like, I don't wanna have that out of my life forever. So I think I'm just trying to find out like, what works for me best is it saying yes to every craving is it saying no to every craving is it setting some sort of a boundary where like I lessen the amount that I'm accepting in so it's like a little bit of a middle ground sometimes for me like that the middle ground is almost hardest because um you're like making a decision every single time it's like is this a yes or a no whereas like the no was always a no or the yes is always a yes, if you get what I mean. So yeah, I think this is going to be a work in progress, just trying to find what works. And I'm also totally fine with like, it changing throughout my life, you know, maybe that last month, cool, that was cool for a month, maybe for the next like half year, I just live in that middle ground. And I'm fine with that changing and just finding what works at different seasons of my life. All right, that's the update let's get into this episode. This is literally something that about five people have asked me in the last week. So I was like, we are due a podcast episode to dive in deep about this topic. Essentially, people were coming to me, either people who were already on the 30 Day Reboot, or people who were thinking about it, or just, anyway, someone who's not thinking about it, just random people saying, you know, I don't necessarily binge eat but I overeat consistently, often, and a few of these people also mentioned that they need to lose weight or they're fairly overweight, so this overeating, you know, by nature is causing even more weight gain, so they're kind of concerned about that as well, and they sort of felt like, you know, I don't know, maybe I just need to cut out these foods that I overeat, because I just can't seem to eat them in moderation. But I also love these foods, it feels like such a sacrifice and also pretty unrealistic to cut them out for good. So what we'll talk about in this episode is, what is overeating? What are the common reasons for overeating? How can we stop overeating so often? And whether the 30-day reboot is helpful for overeaters. And also we'll just touch on a question that someone asked me about food habituation in regards to overeating, so I'll get to that later. Okay, quickly, what is overeating? Just so we're all clear. You know, when compared to binge eating, overeating is characterized by you're eating past fullness where you might be uncomfortably full or even very, very uncomfortably full. More generally, what it really means is like you are consuming more calories than your body needs or your body is burning. So, comparing that to binge eating, binge eating is eating a very large and abnormal amount of calories in one sitting typically 1500 or more calories, like all the way up to like 15,000 and beyond. Often binges are done alone in secret very quickly, almost like this tunnel vision, you're out of control in the moment, you feel like you can't stop it until it's over, you are extremely distressed emotionally afterwards, full of shame, regret, disgust and panic. So to me, um, there's a lot of overlap between the two, you know, they're both, you're eating a large amount of food, The main difference though, I mean, I see it as sort of like a spectrum. Binge eating is at the end of the spectrum. Like it's all just like super extreme, a lot in a small amount of time you're eating quickly, you're extremely emotionally uh, distressed. Overeating is sort of like earlier on that spectrum. You're overeating, you're uncomfortably full, but it might not be like as um, tunnel vision. Like you might be able to actually be a bit more present while you're overeating and pull out of it or you might not be alone you know people could overeat when they go to a restaurant Those people or it might not be done in secret you might be eating that whole tub of ice cream while watching tv with your family um you might feel a little bit emotionally distressed after like "Ugh, oh, why did I do that I feel full but it's not going to be to that level of just like utter spiraling panic of a binge so as I said a bit of an overlap um, and of course, you, can, you could overeat most of your meals and then also binge other times in the week. You could not binge eat ever, but still overeat. You could binge eat a few times a week and then not overeat any of the meals. So you can do a bit of a mix or just one of, the, one of each. Let's talk about some common reasons for overeating. Firstly, finding comfort in food. So some people just really love the feeling that food can give them. From you know, whether it's that warmth, like f- actual physical warmth in your body of eating the food, to the feeling of being full in your stomach, in your body, to the more emotional side of it, just like the pleasure, the joy of food, to in another emotional aspect, like that escape feeling that it gives you, like it gives you comfort by just sort of, you're in the zone, you're in this moment, eating this food. Nothing else matters. Another reason, self loathing. You know, others might overeat to punish themselves. Overeating and hence the weight gain that follows with it, especially when done consistently, can sometimes be a form of actual like protection, where oftentimes the thinking is if I keep gaining weight, no one will want me and I'll be safe from the hurt of others. And this is actually a very common thought process. Uh, especially in victims of sexual and uh, relationship abuse and trauma. Another reason why people could overeat is that fuck it mentality, that diet mentality of um, I've been dieting so continuously for so long, hasn't worked out, I'm just sick of this, oh fuck it, I might as well just eat the whole box of donuts or whatever it is. So it's a form of self-sabotage essentially rooted in this frustration Another reason, boredom, super, super common. I know this is probably one of the main reasons that I overeat whenever I do. Um, and it's it's done because you know it's such an easy and effective way to solve boredom temporarily. Like, you feel bored, don't know what to do, I'm just gonna go grab this thing, watch some TV, overeat, and in that hour or half hour, whatever, you are not bored. But of course, that feeling is going to come back right after you feel fi- right after you finish eating the food. Another reason is being alone. So some people overeat because of loneliness to use it, you know, as a coping mechanism to deal with that loneliness. Others overeat when they're alone because normally, when you're around colleagues or friends, they feel like they have to control themselves. You have to be like good, like not overeating, not eating maybe bad foods because no one else is. Maybe it's because you're overweight and you fear that judgment of others regarding how much food you eat, you know, thinking that they're going to be looking at how much you eat and saying, oh, she's overweight, she shouldn't be eating that much, or no wonder she's overweight, look at what she's eating. So that's pretty common too. And, you know, then once you're alone, you can finally just let loose and you typically overeat. Final reason is under eating. So similar to binge eating, people can overeat because they've been undereating earlier in that day or in that week. I'm going to pause right there for a minute to share something with you. So if you've been listening so far and feel like you're ready to start your recovery journey with me, I've got the perfect springboard. That is my free masterclass, why you're still binge eating and how to stop. It's a 35 minute, free video masterclass where I'll walk through all of the reasons you might still be binging. Then I'll give you three actionable steps to stop binge eating. So if you're looking for actual results in your life, want to never binge again, trust me, I know the feeling. I was stuck for 10 years doing that. Then head to the show notes to get instant access today. I'll also gift you something for joining me at the masterclass, but I'll leave that surprise for you to find out for yourself. Life is just so damn short and it's not worth feeling so miserable, unhappy, unhealthy with binging taking over. So watch the masterclass today to start your new life. Okay, let's get back into the show. All right, so we've got some reasons why you're overeating. Let's go into how the heck to stop overeating. I'm going to preface this by saying no one is perfect. It's okay to overeat sometimes, to eat past fullness, to indulge in something that's so delicious that you'd rather overeat a little bit than stop early when you're already full like we're all human food is delicious it's okay like my opinion opinion is we don't have to be aiming for perfection where we never overeat like I overeat I overeat probably a few times a week like it's okay I think a lot of us think that we have to like eradicate overeating completely but it's okay obviously it's your choice if you do want to eradicate it that's fine not against that but it's about finding like what works for you where you feel like i'm in the driver's seat regarding when and how much i overeat you know it's not this food that's taking control of you every time and that you get to be choosing the frequency and the intensity of overeating um, and also such that it's not negatively affecting your life like we don't want to be overeating to a point where it's making your life worse because yeah that's not great <laughs> so let's actually go back through the reasons why people overeat and then i'm going to suggest solutions for each one. Oh yeah let's start with finding comfort in food so i think it's okay to find comfort in food you know again we're human food is delicious but in my opinion, you've got to place boundaries for yourself, not rules, not these rigid rules where it's like, I can never overeat, or I can't eat any of these foods that give me so much comfort. So yeah, putting in those boundaries for yourself that are more flexible, that if you, you know, don't listen to your boundaries, sometimes it's not going to be like, you feel terrible about yourself, and you're going to punish yourself, and you're a failure. It's just like, what are the things that I think I should probably do for myself that are going to like, honor my needs and make me mostly feel good in life like good physically but also emotionally and mentally so if for example you just find so much comfort in a big bowl of pasta like it's just oh the warmth the feeling of finishing off that bowl like the amount seeing the amount of food it's just like it's so comforting it's not like you have to be like all right we're never eating pasta or we always have to eat this like a portion that's half the size And like have that tension within yourself, feeling deprived that you don't get to ever get this warm, satisfying, big bowl of pasta. I think it's about, let's find what actually works for you where you're not always overeating it. My suggestion is always start with small steps. So maybe it's, okay, if I usually put X amount of pasta, dry pasta in the pot to cook, next time I'm gonna reduce it by like 5%, just like take away a tiny bit of it, cook that amount. So it's something so small that you're taking away that it hardly feels noticeable. The aim here is to sort of normalize having a slightly smaller bowl of this meal a slightly, slightly smaller portion of it. And still, you know, you still get to have your comfort from it, it's okay to have comfort from food. But um, not making it so You always have to have so much that it's overeating every single time when you feel bad after. So uh, reduce it by like 5% and allow yourself to still derive comfort from that food. Enjoy that bowl of pasta, that 95% portion when you finish the bowl, like really like, you know, lick the bowl clean, scoop it up and remind yourself how like wonderful it was. It was delicious. You just loved it. And really avoiding this feeling of just like, ugh, I wish I could have added 5% more. Like, I feel like I'm not not fully satisfied. I haven't hit the spot. Because most likely, if you're overeating pasta, then reducing by 5%, you're not gonna be like undereating it. You probably are satisfied still at that 95% portion. And I would just stay at that amount for as long as you want until you just like really feel like, okay, this is my new portion size that I typically have of pasta. And it feels great. And if you still feel like that amount is still overeating, just slowly reduce it again by like another 5%, stabilize that for a few weeks or whatever amount of time you need until you get to a point where you're eating an amount of this comfort food that doesn't feel like you're extremely overeating it. And by this point, emotionally, you feel like you are gaining that comfort from it. One other thing regarding finding comfort in food I would also work to seek out other sources of comfort in your life. So you're not just like always relying on food to give you that feeling. Next up, self-loathing. Overeating to handle feelings of self-loathing is definitely self-sabotage. Like, you know, it's that whole, oh my god, I, I'm never good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this enough. I might as well just eat this to like feel better in the moment. But then feeling worse after. So it's just definitely self-sabotage. So let's instead solve at the root of this feeling. Why do you feel this feeling about yourself so often? To me, it often involves, okay, let's first of all learn how to face these feelings, because we're always going to have difficult feelings we need to learn how to face. And also in, you know, working to alleviate the feelings of self-loathing, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. So you're still going to be facing these feelings as it sort of like peters off over time. So learning how to face them, that is in my free masterclass, How to Not Binge Emotionally, it's in the uh, show notes. But then also, yeah, alleviating this feeling and moving towards feelings of more neutrality around your body, um, yourself, your inner world, your self-worth, and even slowly over time, more positivity about yourself. For that, like that's another whole topic. So I really recommend checking out Body Love Academy. Even though it's called, even though it's called body love, um, it's really about just fu- coming to a place of like peace with your body, and more than that, it's really about finding peace with your self worth. Like that's what it's ultimately about. So definitely check that out. Link down below in the show notes. Next up, the fuck it mentality. The solution here is to get off that roller coaster of extreme dieting and weight loss obsession and cutting out foods, and feeling like you're constantly this form of constraint, like holding yourself back with food. When you get off of this roller coaster of like overeating and then extreme dieting, get into that middle ground where things just feel so much more chill and balanced. With food, your weight, your mindset, there's just so little room for fuck it mentality. Like, why would you say, fuck it, let me just eat the whole damn pizza, If you've already had some pizza yesterday, you've already planned to go out like next week for some pizza and you know that you're going to have some leftovers of pizza or just any other pleasurable food, you've already been fulfilling this sense of pleasure and like eating these soul foods, you don't need to be like, fuck it, I just want to eat the whole thing now because it just doesn't make sense when you're in the middle ground and the middle ground, how to get there, that is literally what the 30-day reboot is all about, like getting back to a place where food is easy and chill. Next up is boredom. What do we do about this? It's really similar, to be honest, to the self-loathing part as well. It's again, just like, how do we cope with uncomfortable feelings and how do we alleviate them as well? So with the facing the uncomfortable feelings, as I said, there's a five-step framework, how to face difficult feelings instead of going to food to cope. In that free masterclass and then with alleviating boredom one thing that i would definitely say is if you're frequently feeling bored you know you can face this feeling as much as you want but ultimately like if it's happening all the time there's only so much you know facing it that you can do it's often a sign of not living life as your authentic self So if you find yourself most days having these pockets of time, the whole evening after work, you're just bored. You didn't know what to do. You're spending all this time being idle, scrolling social media, like nothing is satisfying you or filling you up with any sense of real joy, like real joy. I know like when you're scrolling social media, yes, you can like chuckle here and there and laugh and stuff, but most of the time it's not like true joy. So, I think it's really about finding what are your actual passions? What truly is going to light you up and like make your soul actually happy? This doesn't have to mean filling every spare second, like planning every spare second to have these life-changing projects and like huge things that you've got going on and, you know, a side hustle and this and that. Of course it can if that's what's authentic for you. But it can literally mean like these smaller moments that still align with your truest self. Like it could be tidying up your desk if your authentic self just loves this sense of like a fresh home, taking care of their home, taking care of their space. It could be chilling out on your bed and exploring new music on Spotify if that's like your passion. You love creativity. You love music. It could be creating a Pinterest board that's going to help you decorate your living room. If you really enjoy design and quality or luxury or innovation, whatever it is, you get the gist. It could be a million things. But for me, it really comes down to knowing who you really are, what what really are your core values. That feel like they match you authentically. That's like the root of all things that bring you passion. And it's not like the things that come from your ego where it's like, oh, you know, I'm authentically someone who loves, I don't know, productivity, (laughs) or I don't know, maybe it's like making money. Of course, you can make money that's not an ego, but maybe you know, there's a part of you that's like, I should be doing this, I should be doing that in my spare time so you sort of convince yourself like that's who you are but most oftentimes your core values they trace all the way back to just the things that you loved doing that felt so natural for you that brought you joy earlier in life before like all of these shoulds sort of like piled on like what you should be doing and what's the most productive way to spend your time Um, like for me for example mine are sort of like one is play fun exploration so for me under that umbrella it's like sports like for me that's super fun to like play football or play ping pong or fun it's just like I don't know lately I've been trying to learn how to do a handstand for me that's kind of like fun or just being silly like playing a prank on my boyfriend at home or something like scaring him when he came around the corner (laughs) or um, I even count travel as under that because like for me travel is about like having fun and exploring a new part of the world. And usually it means for me like hiking and going, doing really fun things. Another one for me is connection and belonging. Like, like one of my, if I, if I answer the question, you know, in 2022, what's the thing that was so fun for me? Like genuinely, I loved it. And I was so excited in the run up to it. It was, I hosted for my 30th birthday, uh, themed dress-up party in London, uh, Studio 54, so it's like, this like, disco vibe, super fun, I like, made the playlist, put it all together, I loved the music from that era, it's just so fun to dance to, I loved choosing my like, outfit for the party, and like, seeing what everyone else was wearing, it was just so fun, like, so fun, and then we had all these games that we planned, so that was like, so true to who I was, it kicked off so many of the boxes, Because I had the fun aspect, but I also had this sense of connection, like having so much fun seeing everyone, because I'd been in Barcelona already for a few months, and going back and getting everyone together, it was just so fun. And uh, another one of mine is creativity slash design. So that, again, goes back to that party, like being creative with the decorations and my outfit and the games we're going to play. And then my final core value would be something like growth or learning. I just find that when I'm super stagnant and nothing is like moving in my life, there's no growth. I feel so down and depleted. That is probably the times in my life where I do the most uh, most boredom eating. And when I think back to my binge eating days zero growth at all for years because i was well first of all skipping university so i was hardly learning anything and i was doing nothing in my spare time that was helping me grow so um yeah so if i think about the times when i'm struggling with boredom none of these things are being ticked off you know i'm not having fun i'm not doing any play i'm not meeting up with people having any connection i'm not growing i'm not being creative um, so I definitely recommend to kind of like think out what are those core values for you? Like who, who are you underneath it all underneath any of the ego and what you should be, what brings you the most joy? What are you best at naturally? What do people go to you for? To even think about what I said earlier, like in 2022, what was the absolute highlight? The thing you did, the, the place you went, what was it? And what is the, what is at the core of that? And then when you're finding yourself being bored, okay, how can I like step into some of these values? How can I start doing something that revolves around these values? Two more to go. Okay, being alone. If you find yourself letting loose when you're alone because you're controlling your food desires while around others, definitely time to return to your authentic self, honoring your own needs and desires at all time. Just stop controlling others' judgments of yours by changing who you are, by changing what you're ordering at the restaurant, how much you're eating. You can't control what others think of you. Stop people pleasing, like you don't owe them anything. All you owe is to yourself, you owe yourself. to listen to what your body needs, what you actually want. So make a conscious effort. The next time you're eating around others and you notice yourself sort of holding back or copying what someone else is eating or, you know, choosing the thing on the menu that you didn't actually want, check in with yourself. What do you want? What do you want to order? How much do you want to eat? And follow that. When you respect your needs throughout the day, there'll be so much less of this need to unload once you're finally alone. Next up, last one, undereating. This is worked on thoroughly in the 30-day reboot. Definitely check it out, particularly getting to the root of why you're under eating, because, you know, it's so easy to be like, just eat more, like, Eat your three meals in a day. I know that that is though, it is pretty good advice. If you do literally just commit to eating three nourishing, satiating, delicious meals every day for the next two weeks, honestly, watch your overeating habit already lessen. But in a you know, deeper way, I always recommend looking at why you're under eating and solving at the root for that. And that's all what the 30-day reboot is all about. So of course, if you need that structured help, if you need the step-by-step guidance to stop overeating and to find food freedom, to find that middle ground, definitely take a look at my favorite course, the 30 day reboot, over 500 people have already done it, which is pretty freaking cool. And then, okay, I wanna go through two more things here. Hang on a second, I need to have some water. Okay, I'm back. Oh my gosh, doing all this talking really makes my throat so dry. Okay. So something I've got is, someone asked the other day, is a 30-day reboot good for overeaters? You know, it's, I I often talk about the 30-day reboot in respect to binge eating, like I think people might think it's just a course about stopping binge eating, it definitely is about stopping binge eating, but two things. Number one, I want you to, you know, recognize that the list of reasons for overeating that we talked about, it pretty much overlaps completely with binge eating, because as I talked about earlier, to me, they're kind of on the spectrum and binge eating is like a much more extreme version. So the things that we talk about around binge eating in the 30 day reboot, super relevant for overeating as well. And, um, as I said, it's not just about binge eating or you know overeating. It's really about returning to your authentic self, like the person who cares about their health, honors their needs, like listens to what they actually want, what they actually need, helping that struggling part of you regain self-confidence, self-trust to feel normal with food again. And you know, really getting to the bottom of it. Like, why are we stuck in this mess anyway? And usually it really goes back to being in this sort of like frantic panic state around weights or maybe initially it was about weight and now it's sort of spiraled because your food relationship is so crazy that now you're just in general in this like really um yeah just like panicked or urgent desperate kind of mindset and it's it's so cloudy like it's so hard to act from a place of that authentic self being chill making clear, calm, cool, collected kind of decisions. So for me, a lot of it is getting out of that headspace. So you can actually start being the person who eats what they actually wants, eats enough food, listens to their hunger fullness cues, can go out to restaurants and just feel normal. Um, That's what it's really, really about. So whether you're binge eating, you're overeating, you just want help with intuitive eating, you are... Weight loss obsessed. Um, you are calorie counting. You're controlling food too much. The 30 day reboot is going to help with all of that. And now the last thing to go through. Someone on the 30 day reboot asked me this this the other day. She said she wasn't sure about food habituation. So it's a lesson in the 30 day reboot um, because it's not like she was restricting or withholding these foods all the time. She was actually eating, going overboard, overeating these foods pretty much every day. So she was like, will, will food habituation actually work for me? Like, is it right for me? Um, because I'm already exposing myself to these foods. So let me backtrack for a second. Food habituation, it's really for those who, you know, they withhold food, they feel so out of control with it. They feel like they just have to cut it out because they can't, they can't face this food or it's just been something that's off-limits. It's bad food for them. It's oftentimes it's your binge food as well. It's the thing that you don't eat outside of binges because you, you're just out of control with it. And um, the idea is you expose yourself to this food, no limits, no policing, no judging yourself. You expose yourself so you normalize this food. It's almost like if you had to eat pizza leftovers for five days in a row, by the end of that week, you'd be so sick of pizza. You'd be like, ugh, oh, don't even want it anymore. Like, just throw the rest away. So that's the idea. And um, what I kind of said to her was, you know, if she's eating it this food, let's say it's pasta every single day, it's not like you're in this position where you need to be exposing yourself to it more necessarily. It's not like you're restricting this food. But what I do recommend, and so again, you don't have to do food habituation if you don't want to in the third day reboot. If any tool just doesn't feel like it's for you, it's not working, you don't have to do it. It's all about finding the tools that do work. So what I recommend in this situation is expose yourself to this food. So we definitely don't wanna be cutting it out, but expose yourself to the food without the limits and the judgment. So it's not like you're saying, oh, I have to eat, a quarterly amount or i need to stop now um or else like i'm going to gain so much weight or judgment like oh you're a pig for eating this much try to let go of that or just giving yourself a bit more of a neutral space to enjoy this food but also doing it with presence so it's not like you're you have this um there's not like your chance to be like okay now that there's no limits or judgment i'm just going to go crazy i'm going to eat it all Sometimes that might happen when you do start these kind of exercises. So it's not abnormal, but it's not the mentality that you want to go in with. So it's like, we're not putting limits. We're not putting any judgment, but there's also presence in this moment to try to just slow things down a bit. If you're overeating this food often, then yeah, definitely try to slow it down because we need to be a little bit more mindful, um, giving yourself that chance to just be like, okay, I'm eating this in a really rushed way. I'm eating this really fast. I'm not breathing. I'm watching TV while I'm doing this. Those all might be reasons that you could overeat anyway. So just slow it down. Give yourself a chance to actually listen to those fullness cues, like to notice when you're actually getting full instead of sort of eating so fast that by the time you finish this huge bowl, your fullness hasn't even kicked in yet. So slowing it down, still enjoying the food. So it's not like this very... Um, like robotic or, uh, what do you say? Like, I kind of, kind of like, it's not like it has to be this super structured moment where you're just like, you know, taking a breath in between every single bite and counting to forty for every single bite. It doesn't have to be like that because for me that's not normal. I think it's just about like, okay, let's slow down, give yourself a chance to notice if you're full. Also enjoy the food. You know, you obviously eat this food often because it's also delicious. So let yourself enjoy it, notice what you enjoy about it, you know, really savour that taste, that feeling. And um, really also look at, okay, why am I overeating this every day or often? Most likely we covered it in this episode. I would say that if you are always overeating out of let's say a trauma response, then exposing yourself to this food in a food habituation kind of way probably isn't going to really help that much Um, because we really need to solve at the root of the issue it's probably just going to keep you know um, helping you temporarily cover up or numb out the feelings that made you eat out of the trauma response but i would definitely look at the root of the issue if you're overeating every single day on the same food and you find that it's more because you're under eating every day until like 2 p.m., or you are in this diet mentality, then I would say food habituation can help in this situation. But, and this is what I say in the 30 day reboot before you even do food habituation, work on the under eating first. Like, don't go into food habituation where, you know, you're exposing yourself to this food that you feel out of control with, like, cupcakes, for example. Don't expose yourself to this if you're already under eating, because it's probably not really going to go that well. You're going to probably overeat the cupcake because your body needs the calories. And then you're going to feel like a failure. You're going to feel like this tool doesn't work. You're going to quit the course or something. So I don't even talk about food habituation in the third day reboot until we're halfway in you've already started doing a lot of work on the under eating, but also the emotional aspects behind why you have food issues, why you're undereating, why you're emotional eating. So yeah, if you're overeating, because you're undereating or you're in diet mentality, start with addressing those problems first. And then you can try food, food habituation later down the line. And yeah, as I said, not every tool is going to work for every single person. Um, it's all about like, Let's experiment. Let's find what works for you. I'm going to give you a ton of different ideas and tools in the 30-day reboot to address all the different things we've talked about in this episode. Um, And then you're going to try them out. You're going to give them all a chance. You're going to implement them. And what I find is most students on the 30-day reboot, and most of my one-to-one clients as well, they kind of come out of the whole thing with this handful of tools. Like I'd say probably like three to five things that just changed it for them. And the rest they can forget about. Okie And that's it for today's episode. A bit of a long one, but hopefully it helped out a bunch of you because yeah, it was a very common question this week. Thanks for tuning in. I wish you all the best week ever and I will see you next time. And that's the scoop for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life. It really helps my podcast to grow and reach more women who are struggling as well when you rate and review. So if you got a spare minute, I would appreciate it so much if you could rate and review. And if you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life. Change someone's day, mood, or even their life. Be that person. I know I absolutely love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me she's thinking of me and she wants to help me elevate alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at freewithbreed. I'm always open for feedback and let me know what you want me to speak about on the podcast because after all, this podcast is for you. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you next time.